Hey, welcome to Barreled in Truth Podcast. My name is Devin. And my name is Torio. And here on Barreled in Truth, we're going to be talking about all things in life with a biblical reformed perspective while we drink a glass of bourbon and smoke a cigar. Yo, what's going on, guys? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Barreled in Truth Podcast today. Um, you know, we're all here, me, Chris, Shatorio, and Michael. Super excited to be here recording today, man. Um, man, thank you guys just so much for listening uh, these past couple podcasts, man. We really enjoy it. And we couldn't do this do this without you guys. So um, today's episode is going to be on reconciliation. Uh, man, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great episode. I am very very excited to be talking about this topic today, man. I finished my cigar, unfortunately, but I am sipping on some George Ramos. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> we, we're literally at my house. At I house could go inside. But it's okay. okay. Light another one. Stop That's it! What you do? <laughs> I'm drinking on some George Ramos. Besides the point, and it, this is very good. It's a single barrel that um that that Chris had. So uh, I'm I'm excited to be talking about this topic, man. What you drinking and smoking? I am smoking an Alec Bradley Gatekeeper. Mm. Great um, stick. I finished my cigar. I lit another one. Um, <laughs> I, I understood the assignment. You understood the assignment. You um, did. And, and, I, he, <laughs> and he don't have TikTok. Devin by dropped the way. ball. He don't what's, have TikTok. What's TikTok? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm drinking the Remus. Uh, no, not the Remus. The Old Soul because Star Pick. And he can't read. Soul. So, yeah. yep. the bottle was turning around. Weak. <laughs> 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 but it's like two times taller than the, uh, than the Remus. Yep. You know, so I'm, just saying. I'm still I'm smoking on a. <laughs> Show it out. Uh, so um, I'm still smoking on a Liga Provada T52, and I am sipping on some Four Roses single barrel. This is my first time having it. Chris brought it. I've been wanting to try it for a while, and it is really good. If anything, y'all learn on this podcast is that Shatorio smokes very slow. Well, very, I get very nice very cigars slow. that are big. I get the big ones. Nah, bro. He be smoking crazy slow. My man gets a mini and smokes it for an hour and a half. <laughs> Austin, did, Austin like that too. Austin oh, Austin too. is Austin, man. Me and Austin. I'm not. Just, just I don't a, call hey, Austin out. I hey, smoke slow. my cigar yeah, slow as hey, Austin. Look, man, just a just a side note. Me and Austin went to Boda one day and smoked a cigar, and I was done with mine, and I was like, yeah. I mean, do I need to go buy another one? What were we waiting on here? Yeah, I was like, dang, bro, <laughs> that's crazy. But hey, I like to enjoy it, man. I feel that. Austin is. Yeah, reconciliation. Start them off, Shatoya. Yeah, so reconciliation. Um, the uh, Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says that restoration is, you know, the restoration of friendly relationships and of peace where before there had been hostility and alienation. Ordinarily, it also includes the removal of the offense, which caused the disruption of peace and harmony, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. This was especially so in the relationship of God and Humanity, when Christ removed the enmity existing between God and mankind by his vicarious sacrifice, mm-hmm. the scripture speaks first of Christ's meritorious substitutionary death in affecting reconciliation of God with sinners. Of sinners appropriating this free gift by faith, the promised forgiveness and salvation that become the sinner's possession by grace and finally reconciliation to god mm. that's that. beautiful yep. and that's right so yeah the gospel <clears throat> demands reconciliation yes it offers reconciliation mm-hmm. but it also demands reconciliation and i think we lose sight of that so so often as just fallen human beings who get caught up so much in, in our emotions and these offenses that happen to us where we we offered these these trite little comments. Well, I can forgive this person, but I'll never forget bullcrap that we that that's crazy. Yeah. Just so we can act fleshly and sound spiritual, um, because we <laughs> start early. It's, it, yeah, it's it's the idea. And I grew up in that that church environment where I heard that so much that I believed it. Mm. So to to say that I forgive a person for a transgression, but I'm not going to forget it. Is and I understand the physiology of the brain, right? I I, I know that that it's really hard to you know. Jess says I've got a Rain Man brain, and I just don't forget <laughs> anything ever. And he that, does have receipts. That, that, yeah, and so Austin can confirm. <laughs> Austin can confirm. <laughs> I will call you out in a heartbeat. You said so and so. My man yeah. got screenshots. <laughs> but 
but the idea of like so ultimate forgiveness like reconciliation requires forgiveness yeah it requires that mm. so in order for us to practice reconciliation because we've experienced it there's enmity between me and god right and we'll read the passage there in second corinthians but the idea that if there's enmity because of sin and transgression god reconciled me to himself through his son jesus not counting that trespass against me god sees my love is not blind love sees but love loves anyway Right. Mm -hmm. So God sees Chris Hall, but loves him and and reconciles Chris unto himself through his son, Jesus Christ, eradicating the enmity that I created with my sinfulness. So God doesn't behave towards me as a transgressor. Right. He behaves towards me as one who has been reconciled. I'm no longer a child of wrath, but I'm a child of God. Come right. On. So if I'm going to expand. Experience reconciliation from God, my creator, through Jesus Christ, my savior, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Why would I not practice that in the body, in this life? Because we are told on multiple occasions to forgive others as God and Christ has forgiven us. We behave as if transgressions against us are more offensive than our transgressions against uh, the Holy uh, uh, God. Uh, uh. Oh my gosh. Which, Come on, bro. That again. Which just is the height of human arrogance. And who are we to do that? Right. So who am I to think that right. a transgression against me is more offensive than my transgression against the Holy God? Mark Driscoll, who are you? You <laughs> so, know what I'm saying? Who do you think so you a are? Couple of, a couple of, so reconciliation obviously demands forgiveness. Uh, God forgave us in Christ Jesus, right? For sure. No, without that forgiveness, there is no reconciliation. Right. Right. So... Reconciliation demands forgiveness. Without true forgiveness, there is no ministry of reconciliation. Now, let's talk about forgiveness for a second because it's easy to say, I forgive you. That's true. That's easy, right? Yes. It sounds super spiritual. It does. It look good. Yeah. It sound good. Gold star. So <clears throat> forgiveness is behaving towards the person as if the transgression never happened. Right. So can I forgive... To the point that I'm not going to treat you any differently in spite of the transgression against me. Right. I think that forgiveness is not lip service. It is action. Oh, it's action. 100%. That's not, you, 100%. There's, there's some lip service there. Yeah. You have to behave. If I truly forgive you, I'm not going to treat you differently because right. of the transgression. That's the hard part. I'm going to overcome <laughs> those feelings uh, yeah. supernaturally by the working and power of the Holy Spirit. To, to forgive you the way God forgave me. God doesn't treat me like a child of wrath anymore. Amen to that, right? He treats me like his son. Yeah, and you know, God, you mm. know, while being all-knowing, he doesn't practically keep receipts. Yeah. You know, God knows the sins that we've committed, but in Christ, he doesn't treat us as if we've committed them. Because right. we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. So while he knows the sins we've committed, mm -hmm. he doesn't functionally keep receipts uh, yeah. as we do. And hold those against us. Right. And treat us uh. differently because of those sins. Right. Yeah, we need to change yeah. the, the saying that we remember all the time. We need to stop saying, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. Yes. And go back to the saying that is... I'll forgive and forgive. Well, yeah. the problem... the problem <laughs> Because with, you have to, to really forgive. Yeah, and the problem with the Christian saying... You know, I'll forgive, but I won't forget is by saying that you willingly violate what the Apostle Paul said in First Corinthians chapter 13, when he says that love keeps no record of wrong. Exactly. Come if on, I'm going to love son. that person the way Jesus commanded us to love that person, I'm not going to keep. And listen, the scriptures got received. Marriages, husbands, wives. When you're when you're arguing, you don't bring up the record of wrong. You don't keep a ledger and bring it up at the right time. Right. Oh, not, yeah. You get love. messy now, bro. That's, yeah, you get yeah. messy. You, get <clears throat> you know, messy, well, you bro. said so and so. You never do this and you always do that. And it, you know, Boy, love keeps listen. a record of wrong. So God's not keeping mm. a ledger about Chris Hall yeah. and his sinfulness. He is viewing me in Christ. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as believers, that's how we have to function practically. Man, that is so good, bro. So hey, I, I, hold on. I, before you start, I just got to. It's a Holy Spirit moment, right? Mm -hmm. 
that just wrecked me, by the way, because very often in arguments that me and my wife have, the forgiveness, I don't, I don't believe it's fully there mm-hmm. um, because, dang, dude, that's crazy. Oh yeah, this episode will be used against me. No, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> my sure. wife is gonna, nah, is yeah, gonna yeah. play this back and be like, yeah, "Remember what you said? Wrong. <coughs> nah, why are you, yeah, bringing the why you bringing yeah. the bowls? Why you bringing the bowls? Yeah, hey, listen, man. Friday. Why you bringing the bowls? Hey, that's why. That's why I had to stop you real quick because that just like this. This is just a, another thing that goes to show that you know we are just normal people talking to you guys you know like we deal with the same things that we're talking about don't ever think that we're talking about these things saying that we don't do them because when i tell y'all that just absolutely wrecked me like i'm going to when these beautiful gentlemen leave i'm gonna sit down and talk to my wife tonight because i want to tell her that i'm sorry for not fully forgiving her for some stuff because i feel like in some arguments i've I've still felt that feeling mm-hmm. and made it a point to let her know that, mm-hmm. hey, I've already told you about this and you continuously do this mm-hmm. and this is why this is happening. When I told her before that I forgave her the last argument that we had, that's crazy. And if, yeah, man. and if you did and you bring it up again, you didn't forgive Exactly. Right. What you got so, re- then you you also that, need that to... time you forgave but didn't forget. Yeah, so you need to repent to her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. Dang, so 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a very familiar verse, right? We we love to talk about it in terms of... It's my favorite gospel verse. New, new desires and things like that. And, you know, uh, which Paul says there in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Come on. Amen. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Make now, point. this is in the context of reconciliation. That's right. right. So, all this is from God. All of this, right? <clears throat> Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Come on. Come on. So, if we're... Or, if we're going to experience the most radical reconciliation that we could ever experience, which is being reconciled to God because we were uh, outside of Christ, enemies of God, and he didn't start that war. We did. Yeah. Right? But he forgave. And he didn't just declare us righteous in Christ. He reconciled us to himself, which means he eradicated the enmity that was created between us and himself because of our sin and our sinful nature and brought us to the table and gave us a place at the table in his home as sons and daughters of God. Because of that, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling to the, he was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Amen. How am I going to believe the gospel, but not practice the gospel? Oh my God! Come on. So I'm believing the gospel, but yeah. not practicing the gospel. If I refuse forgiveness and or reconciliation, that's right. Because of a certain transgression. So he goes on to say, um, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Come on. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. The great exchange, right? He made him to be sin. I need to do no sin. Wow, wow. So that in yeah. him we might become the righteousness of God. Come on. I have no righteousness of own, right? I love that. I am man. declared righteous in Christ. God reconciled me to himself, but he gave me and the church the ministry of reconciliation, which means if I truly forgive a person for sinning against me, in order for them to be reconciled to me and I to them, I have to behave as if the transgression did not happen. Come on. That's so and, good. And I, I want to go into this real quick just because it was something you said a second ago, you know, that that he brings us to the table, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, being a worship leader, I have these songs embedded into my brain about this stuff, right? And there's a song by Jonathan, Jonathan Trailer called The Table. And he says in the in the first verse, there is a table filled with the best food. Can you hear the Father calling? Mm-hmm. 
There's a seat just for you. And at this table, all is forgiven. Trade in your chains of bondage for crowns of freedom. All are welcome at the table. There's a place just for you. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to reconciliation. At this table, all is forgiven. Not just what you did yesterday. Not just what you're going to do tomorrow and not what you're doing now. All of it. Every bit of it. Everything in the spectrum that's going on, what you do, what you did, and what you will do mm-hmm. is forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and if we're going to receive that forgiveness, we need to practice that forgiveness. We have to, man. Amen. And I think we do a bad job. We do – well, I don't even – I know we do a bad job of this in the church. So many yep. – there's, so there's been so many situations that I've seen in my time in the church and in ministry where – because there was no biblical reconciliation, you know, you look up and, you know, a member is gone. Mm-hmm. They've left, you know, because of a situation. And there was no active seeking of reconciliation there. Right. And I think as a church, we have to do a better job at showing the world. If we can't forgive each other within the church, then how can we reach right. the world? Right. Amen. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we don't really fully grasp or just maybe disregard because we don't, we, we want to feel good about ourselves, but um, a lack of forgiveness and a, a lack of forgiving, uh, a forgiving spirit affects our worship. It does. Amen. Um, That's right. We harbor anger, which turns into bitterness, um, which uh, attacks our joy and, and we can go and we can sing all the songs we want to. We can pray all the prayers we want to. We can give all the gifts we want to. But Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter five in the Sermon on the Mount when he's wow. dealing with anger mm-hmm. and, 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 and reconciliation. And he says, you know, um, you, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother Will be you don't get to hold on to anger. You don't. Jesus propitiated the anger of God towards yeah. me. Right? So he he quenched, he pacified, he satisfied the anger of God towards right. me, the wrath of God toward me. I don't get to be wrathful towards a person and hold on to that anger and worship God. Uh, so he says you'll be liable to judgment if you're holding on to that anger whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother come on and then come and offer your gift. Don't attempt to <clears throat> offer gifts to God holding on to anger because of a transgression that happened against you without first being reconciled to your brother. Yeah, you can't hold God with one hand and have the middle finger at your brother on the other hand. <laughs> no, that's, that, so hey, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, you, that's so true. I mean, you can't. So, you just yeah. you can't. You can't have you can't hold Christ with one hand and then with your other hand you're giving your brother the middle finger. And I, I hear yep. all these Christians talking about karma. Can we just please freaking oh, stop? Yeah, that's that, that, that's new ageism. Yeah, it is. It's oh, not just biblical. Karma gonna get you. That's, you know that's what? New age like, spirituality. It's not biblical. It is so not biblical. At and all. when I hear Christians speak that way, they are not practicing the gospel. They're not believing. They're not functionally believing the gospel. And if you're not functionally believing the gospel, you can't functionally practice the gospel. Come on. And let's just just say that, thank God, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't act like we do. (laughs) He's not capricious. He's not. He's not not going to say, say, you know, hey, I forgive you, but not really. You know, yeah. not not really. Whenever you whenever you do get up, we don't and, want and, karma. And we screw up, right? Yeah, we don't want Ooh. that. I remember, hey, all them sins. When somebody else grew up, your karma gonna get you. Yeah, <clears throat> God is sovereign. Yeah. And karma's not even real and omniscient. And that's yeah. that's <laughs> even even if we're gonna deal with karma, that's not even the the real view of karma in Buddhism. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But right. so we don't another have time episode, to unpack right? that. But. Forgiveness, right, and reconciliation. It's it's real. Yeah. And we real we have hard. to 
it, it's it's extremely hard. <laughs> Very. It's it takes extremely the Holy hard. Spirit. So exactly. we just talked about yep. right. And so if I can if I can just be transparent for a minute, um, <clears throat> and just talk about this ministry of reconciliation and how hard it was for me in my life uh, with a certain incident. So, um, I was abused as a kid. Um, at the hands of a family member, and that that abuse was sexual, and it was um, it was something that haunted me my whole life. Uh, it happened to me as as a kid. Do we need to pause? Are we good? Hmm? Yeah, you good? Just keep going. Okay, so it was something that happened to me as a kid at the hands of a family member, and uh, it was something that haunted me for uh, my entire life. And it was something that I didn't verbalize to anyone. It was something that uh, it really just kind of attacked me and my my sense of you know um, innocence and worth. And I, I carried around so much shame and guilt, and I didn't really know what to do with that. And what that did was it mm. created in me a lot of bitterness and anger that I didn't know what to do with. All right. Um, God saved me and and called me to ministry. And as I grew. And I was preaching the gospel and I was preaching forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit just began to wreck me in terms of um, you haven't forgiven that person. And this this person, uh, like I said, was a was a family member. And so I was I was a student at North Greenville at the time. And uh, I was studying for ministry and I was I was working 50, 60 hours a week and Working the third shift and going to school during the day, I I, I took naps. I didn't sleep really, mm-hmm. um, and so I remember pulling into. This is when cell phones were fairly new, um, and I pulled wow. into a parking lot. I'm oh bro, <laughs> you gonna be there one day, and I pulled into a parking lot and I was meeting some family members for lunch and my mom called me, and she said, "So and so wrote you a letter. Uh, what do you want me to do with it?" Uh, and I just lost it and I just began to weep. And, uh, the reason I began to weep was because I knew that I had to forgive this person. Mm. Mm. And I was, and we're talking about 30 years, give or take of battling so much guilt and shame for the sin that, that happened against me that, that no kid would ever deserve. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, wow. Um, I left lunch that day and went to my parents' house and explained to them um, why I was harboring this ill will towards this person. And uh, I read the letter. I explained to them what happened, and they were somewhat shocked and didn't know what to do or say, and there's really nothing to do or say, you uh-huh. know. Um, and I made plans to go visit this person in prison. And uh, <clears throat> so this is all the work of the Spirit. This is, there's no way to forgive that person naturally. Nah, that's right. not even close. But if I'm going to rest in the forgiveness of God in His Son Jesus, mm-hmm. I have to practice that forgiveness no matter the transgression. That's That's crazy, bro. And I remember, and I will never forget it, you know, my mom prepped this person. This is what Chris is saying. You know, this is why he's been harboring this ill will towards you for this and a host of other reasons. This is how he ended up where he ended up. And, um, you know, God, God got a hold of his heart while he was there. Wow, and and uh, and again, I, 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 to this day, I, I believe that he's a man of faith. Um, and uh, I remember going to that prison, and uh, when he walked in, and and, and I walked in, I, I just hugged him. That's wow, crazy! And, uh, that's what the gospel can do. That's the gospel. That's what the gospel. Can I just do. hugged him, and I told him I loved him. That's, that's, mm. that's and I told him I forgive him. Yeah, and uh, that is a person that I see on a re- on the regular. Yeah, wow. Um, and 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 I see him, and I don't behave towards him any differently. Yeah, 
That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of the gospel. And that is the ministry of reconciliation that the gospel demands of me. Yep. Yeah. I don't get to hold that and harbor that and and let that create in me. It did for 30 years. I never dealt with it. Mm. And the only way that I was ever going to deal with it and deal with it biblically and be freed from it was to truly forgive the person. uh, And that is when God brought peace to me in that. Um, When I I could hug him and tell him I love him and tell him I forgive him and see him. And hug him and laugh with him and joke with him and talk about life and talk about football and talk about family and talk about that never happened. That's crazy, man. It never happened. That's that's the power of the spirit. It's the beauty of the gospel. I could have gone the rest of my life harboring that, behaving as if that was worse than anything I could ever commit against God. Right. The late, great R.C. Sproul said that sin is cosmic treason against God. Uh That's right. And when I understand myself as a sinner and understand that I am no better than any other person that's ever lived, that I can just be grateful for grace. Uh Who am I to accept grace but not extend it? Come on, man. Right? So grace is unmerited, unwarranted favor. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? So if 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 God's gonna give me grace and I'm gonna get it tattooed on my body, and I'm gonna name our church plant grace. Yeah. And not show it. I damn well better practice it. Have to. I better practice it. And that's just again, I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit kind of empowered me to do that mm-hmm. uh, and 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 just um, it's a beautiful picture there's restoration and what we're talking about is reconciliation we allow such petty differences to drive wedges between our relationships to where we just break them and sever them completely and don't even seek out reconciliation. Yeah. Um, if you don't, man, I, and Chris, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, and that, cause that's a beautiful picture of the gospel. Um, and so I want to share a story as well. So I got one after you. I told you guys that I preached. So I actually, in 2016, this was this was right before I actually met Chris and met my bride. I was um, at a church in Malden, South Carolina, uh, called Faith Renewed. Now, if you remember what was going on in the world in 2016, this was this was the genesis of <clears throat> the racial tension that was going on. This is when everything kind of really started. You know, all of the. Mm-hmm. You know, pick a side mentality. Mm -hmm. This was right. I believe this was right around the time of George Floyd and all those different things that were going on. Right. And at Faith Renewed, um, the pastor, he wanted to do it. He wanted to throw a special service focused on unity and um, reconciliation. And so this was a joint service where four other churches were there of different ethnicities. And he asked me to preach. And I preach 2 Corinthians chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 11 through 21. Um, and, you know, I preached that whole verse. I just went verse by verse through this passage of reconciliation during this time. And one of the things that, you know, I really hit on was the fact that you cannot functionally be in Christ, mm-hmm. proclaim the gospel and have disunity with someone mm-hmm. because of the pigmentation of their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, because the gospel shatters that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really focused on the fact that a lot of us were raised that way. Mm. You know, I shared with them that, you know, my mom actually, I'll never forget this. My mom told me. You better never bring a white girl in this house. Mm. 
And granted, it was because the way she grew up and what she's experienced and her different experiences. And I, to- and I told this story in front of this congregation. And I told this congregation, a lot of you in here have, have probably raised your daughters to not date someone like me. Right. And, you know, the beauty. Yeah, the beauty of the gospel is a, the gospel is a call to reconciliation. <clears throat> And one of my favorite verses in this chapter of Second Corinthians chapter 5 is verse 14, where Paul says, for the love of Christ controls us. Mm. When the love of Christ controls you, mm. it changes everything. Amen. There is no room for hatred in the heart of a believer that has been reconciled to God and Christ. Um, and, you know, and I preach that hard. Mm-hmm. This was, I mean, you remember how how oh, things yeah, were in two thousand sixteen. <clears throat> you know, it was the tension was high, mm-hmm. right. and you can say there's still some of that now. Yeah. Um, but you know, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. We must come against that. Yeah. There is and no I'm, Jew or Gentile. Yeah, and I love your story mm-hmm. because the gospel calls you to be reconciled to one another, because it's a picture of what God did with us in Christ. Mm-hmm. Jerry Bridges, he says, God did not wait for a change of heart on our part. He made the first move. Indeed, he did more than that. He did all was necessary to to secure our reconciliation, including our change of heart. Even though he is the one offended by our sin, he is the one who makes amends to himself through the death of Christ. And so when you think about this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 to 21, you cannot functionally believe the gospel and not pursue reconciliation with your brother. The gospel has vertical <clears throat> implications and it has horizontal implications. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. The gospel brings us back to God in Christ. Mm-hmm. And it also brings us back to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that story that you shared was just, it was a, that was a beautiful picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, with the tension that we have in our country with one another in terms of, you know, racial tension, there's no room for that if you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's not of, that. that's of the world. Mm-hmm. That's not of those who are in Christ. Right. Um, you cannot... <clears throat> Proclaim Jesus and choose and willingly choose to hate your brother right. and to not pursue reconciliation mm-hmm. and yep. keep receipt right. of the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's antithetical to the gospel. 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah, man. And I, uh, just a, a, a quick story on my part in, in, in revolves to forgiveness and reconciliation, man. Like, I had a, a problem with this throughout uh my childhood and my adult life <clears throat> um long story short but i um i grew up in a in a different kind of household right um there was you know drugs and alcohol <clears throat> uh and some of the things that i've witnessed as a kid i don't think anybody needs to witness ever in their life right um, I remember instance when my when my grandmother, when she's young, uh, my grandmother and my mom, they're both, you know, young, right? Um, you know, I walked into the house and, and my grandmother was in the bathroom trying to kill herself, you know, with her with, with my knife in the bathroom. I kicked the door in. Um, you know, I had to take the knife from her and stuff. And I was young, man. I was maybe ten or eleven. <clears throat> you know, um, I walked in my mom taking a whole bottle of pills, trying to kill herself, and I had to give her a whole gallon of milk. So all I knew to do, because if you drink a whole gallon of milk, you throw up. So she threw them all up, and she lived. Um, I thought my mom was never going to come back. She left me with my grandma, my great-grandmother and my grandfather, great-grandfather. And uh, I thought she was never going to come back. I got a phone call that said she tried to kill herself. She dumped out of a car going 80 miles an hour. And the first time I see my mom was road rash everywhere, you know, face and back. 
I had to help her in and out of the shower and stuff. <clears throat> and I've never forgiven all this stuff, right? <clears throat> and then, um, <clears throat> I almost always had a drinking problem. And she's always taking it out on me when I was young. And, uh, you know, one day really messed me up. And she said, uh, I, I had just been up here, you know, like, please, God, like, why are you still doing this to me? You know, I can't take this anymore. I, I can't. I can't do this no more, man. And, uh, you know, I went to my mom and I was like, she's drunk. And I was like, mom, like, I, I don't even want to be here no more, man. Like, I don't. I can't. I can't handle this no more. She handed me a knife and she said, all right, well, go do it. Then. Who's stopping you? Wow. My mom said that to me. That's rough. You know what I'm saying? And that hits so different. When, uh, you know, like, I, I came out of her, like, this is my mom, you know? And how, how close people hold their mom to them. Like, that was me, and I was still holding her close. And she said that to me, and everything I had for her was severed right there. That was it, man. I was done. I was like, are you serious? You want me to do that? I'm your son. So, I mean, I left, and I never forgave her for that, ever. I've never forgave her for that, man. And it, it it has hurt so bad thinking about that. And you know what's crazy is I never told her she said that to me. Because I didn't want her to feel that. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it did to me, but now she's doing good. Yeah. And to tell her, hey, you told me to go kill myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which she knows now, but... That's because we had a long talk, man. And for the first time, I actually forgave my mom. And that was crazy, bro. The gospel can do that. Dude, I, I I was hanging out with my mom one day when I let her move in over here. And we sat there and talked for like three hours, man. And I told my mom, I was like, listen, I can tell you right now that I have never forgiven you for all that you've done to me. But because of what's going on right now and what I'm what what I'm trying to do and what God is doing in my life, and how he's changing, radically changing my heart. I looked at my mom and I was bawling and I was like, mom, I forgive you, man. Legit this time. I really, really forgive you and I love you. I know you're my mom. And all that stuff that happened is out the water. I don't even care. Right. It's all good. I love you. And I've continued that. And you can see a difference in how she acts now. My mom calls me to tell me that she's talking to people about God every day. She she's the same one that I told you guys. This said this said loving God like this. This feeling I have is what I felt like when I was doing drugs back right. when you were a kid. The power of the gospel. Yeah, there's freedom and forgiveness. Man, uh, oh, that's for the and forgiver and the one being forgiven. And, yep. Mm. Uh, there there's something very very free about uh, resting in forgiveness and. We've all committed transgressions against other people, and when we when we do that, and we even do that sometimes unknowingly or unintentionally, we're so fallen and so broken. There's even sacrifices in the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement for unintentional sins. Unintentional sins, you know, because we we you know a lot of times we sin unintentionally. You know, sometimes we do it maliciously and willfully because we're sinners, right. and that's just that's how fallen and broken we are, and that's the world we live in. And you know, we we're always quick to want to be forgiven yep. when we when we say something we don't mean or we do something that we don't intend to do, or uh, but we're so slow to forgive. Yeah, and Amen. you know, it's it's crazy because. At Jesus' most weakest moment, his most painful moment, he uses the little bit of strength he has left to say, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they I mean, he has been... How do you do that? He's been battered. He's been bruised. He's been beaten. Unrecognizable. Isaiah says that... He was beaten so much that you couldn't even recognize him. Yep. It also says in Isaiah that, that there was nothing attractive about Jesus because that's how much he was beaten. Mm-hmm. And he uses the little bit of breath he has left. Mm-hmm. 
last year at the Good Friday service, Chris kind of Chris mm-hmm. went into mm-hmm. detail about how bad it was. Because you died of suffocation. And so he musters up the strength to say, Father, forgive them. Mm -hmm. So if Christ our King can use his last breath to ask, to tell the Father to forgive them, Mm -hmm. how much more Mm -hmm. ought we forgive those who've transgressed us? Sure. Yeah, I mean... Again, it's we're told repeatedly in Scripture um, because um, we have this human tendency to want to harbor anger, and a lack of forgiveness does create bitterness in the heart. And one of the reasons we mentioned on the last podcast that there's there's not so much joy in the life of Christians is because they're harboring ill will yep. and they're harboring anger and they're Amen. harboring bitterness because they're refusing to forgive people and the culture of today makes it a sport and it, yeah and it's almost virtuous it makes it a, they make it a personality yeah, trait it, it's a personality uh-huh. trait and it's almost virtuous to be so selfish that you want for you wronged me I'm done with you that is not the gospel God is not done with me. Say Come that. on, Amen, bro. man. Say He's that again. Come me. on, dog. What if God washed his hands of me every time I screwed up? We'd be damned, bro. But we got so many Ooh. Christians walking into services every Sunday morning celebrating and praising and worshiping and singing songs about the forgiveness of God and walking out of there refusing to forgive others. You know, you know, Chris, and it really hits home when when you see a church member leave. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I even think about experiences we've had at Karis Church. Mm-hmm. When you see a member leave, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to the heart, especially as a pastor, it hurts. When there was no effort mm-hmm. of reconciliation on their end, right? it hurts. But still claiming Christ. And still claiming Christ. Which offers mm-hmm. and demands reconciliation that's the demands ministry. it the ministry of jesus is reconciliation yeah if i want to claim him and worship him and praise him and uh, i have to practice that painful as it may be i have to practice that yeah and there's just way too many christians in america who refuse to do that and i feel like we're the, we're the worst at it bro so, some christians are the worst at forgiving man they are yeah, and they and we've know, been forgiven of much. Yes, too and that's, much. That, you know when you when you read through, uh, we we spent twenty six months in the Gospel of Luke. Yep. Uh, and 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 Luke had a lot of things to say about forgiveness, uh, recording the words of Jesus, and Jesus said, "Those who have been forgiven much will forgive much." Like who, you know who who who's gonna who's gonna forgive much? Those who understand that they've been forgiven much, and one of the reasons that we don't want to forgive much is because we don't think we've been forgiven that much because we don't think we're that bad, which means we don't have a good biblical view of ourselves as depraved sinners. And that's why we have so to true. spend time with Jesus, bro. Have we to. have to take that secluded time to talk with the Father. Yes, and yes, talk yes, with yes, Him. Yes. So we can we can really sit in that forgiveness because man, listen, if we if you take 20, 30 minutes out of your day and you sit there and you really think about what you did today, not yesterday, not two weeks ago, but what you did today, you're gonna quickly realize, God, thank you, man. I am so grateful that you are a forgiving God and that you have forgave me for all this stuff. Yeah. That I did, that I'm doing, and that I will do. Yeah, it's that we, is. We don't understand. Mm. Uh, we're too busy parading ourselves, like in Luke 18, uh, like the Pharisee, and not viewing ourselves as the tax collector. Yep. Um, Jesus told the parable about all these people who had this debt. This person had a big debt. This person had not so big debt. This person had not so not so big debt. Fairly little debt. So who? Who's who's gonna celebrate that the most? The one who's been forgiven the most, right? The one who's okay. Your debt is erased. 
Um, and that was one of the things, in all honesty, because very early in my years of ministry, I, I, I've kind of viewed myself, I was kind of the older brother brother in the parable of the prodigal son. Look at me, I've done this, I've been mm-hmm. faithful, I've, I, you know, look at me, pat me on the back, tell me I'm good, you know, uh, celebrate me. Um, I was I was the prodigal son, you know. Um, I was the one that was wayward from God, mm-hmm. pillaging the blessings of God, not understanding who I was as as a sinner. And I say all the time, don't forget what it was like to be on the other side of grace. And there's just Amen. way too many That's people right. Amen. and way too many Christians who forget that. Because again, if I don't think I'm that bad and I'm not going to. I'm not going to be willing to forgive that much because I haven't been forgiven much because I'm really just not that bad at the end of the day. But that person is extremely bad and what they did is extremely bad. So I'm going to try to justify in some weird way unforgiveness. And you can't do that from no. a biblical standpoint. No, the the one of the marks of a believer is a forgiving spirit. Jesus said if you don't forgive, the Father in heaven will not forgive you. And that's scary. Like, like really sit there, bro. Like, we got to realize that (sighs) if we do not forgive, then the Father in heaven will not forgive us. And we have much to be forgiven for consistently. We're repeat offenders of sin. We say that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we've been forgiven much. You said something earlier, Chris, that is still, you know, replaying in my mind when you said that we we act as if sins that have been committed towards us are greater than the sins we've committed towards the father i'm telling you man that is that 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 is a humbling sobering statement that you made bro take a look at your life man just take a look at your daily life mm-hmm. and see how many like but you really got to look because you gotta might be, think you, you did, real. yeah, yeah. You think you might did good, but you, you need to look at your heart, right? Yourself. Yeah, you got to look, really look at your heart and see how many times that you committed adultery against Christ, uh, against God today. How many times did you not turn to Him whenever you had a problem yeah, and you man. turned to something worldly? How many times have we been? How many times have we done things, even in just one day, that we were forgiven of in Christ? In a span of 30 minutes, bro. I mean, we got to think about that. But someone can commit one thing to us, and we never forget it. And we never forgive it, truly. Yeah, I mean, we you know, we make a, we make it a badge of honor to cut somebody off. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be very guilty of this. Um, That's the American way. Am I, am I, there was a season in my Christian life where I took pride in cutting people off. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was the guy that, you know, you had one time to do me wrong and I'm cutting you off. <laughs> I'll treat there. you as if you're not even breathing. Yep. And man, I look back and I'm just like, man, that's cringy, bro. Yeah, like, that's it. I missed the mark, it. man. Like, there was a time in my life as a Christian where I literally, I, 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 I did it with pride. Mm-hmm. I banged my chest. Religious pride. Yeah. I cut you off, bro. Yeah. You mm-hmm. did me wrong, bet. You cut off. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't gonna talk to you no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if God did that? What if God did that? I mean, what if I mean I've given God, I've given God at least fifty things today to cut me off. And we say all the time that if He was to lift just a finger off of our lives, how it, the destruction that we would cause ourselves yeah. without be the captain of my own self destruction. One hundred percent. Saint Augustine said, but you know, we we put limits on things. Mm. Um, and in our minds and our human minds and our hearts and we and that's why Jesus was so careful you know uh, they wanted to put a limitation on forgiveness and that's why they asked me we were going through the gospel of Luke well how many times should I forgive this person well the law requires this well Jesus yeah yeah, you know 70 times 7 which means you know in in Jewish culture that was somewhat innumerable which means well, well what if they what if they commit the same sin against me that's where the whole idea of this repeat offender. Mm-hmm. If they're a repeat offender against me, I don't get to cut them off because I'm a repeat offender against God. Yep. And he doesn't cut me off. And we're supposed to be Christ-like. Right. And he's continuously reconciling me. He reconciled me, reconciled me to himself 
in my justification and in my salvation, but in my sanctification, he doesn't wash his hands of me and cut me off and, and withhold blessings from me and love for me and affection for me because of my continuous sin against him. He yeah. continues to pursue me in that and, and sanctify me and cleanse me through the practicing of continual forgiveness to me. Yeah, I mean, and that's why that's why it's so important to preach the whole counsel of the word of God because especially in the Bible Belt, you know, we can oftentimes have an attitude as if we were never separated from God. Mm. Sometimes we can yeah. act in a way that says, you know, we were never separated from God. Mm-hmm. And we got to remember where we came from. Yeah, like we it's it's like we forget that apart from Christ, we were separated from God. We were enemies of God. Romans chapter one, Paul talks about it. You know, we were at enmity with God. I mean, we don't understand how sinful we are. We don't, man. That's why we have to preach depravity. We have to talk about our depravity. We have to talk about our sin. You can't. If you're, and I'm not trying to get all crazy and messy, you know what I'm saying? But if you're going to a church and they're talking about how good you are, then you don't need to be going to that church. Because yeah. personally... I will tell you how bad you are. Yeah, you, you, that's what you need to do. <laughs> this man tells me I'm not good every Sunday, bro. And it don't just stop on Sunday. <laughs> you're not good, Jesus. Yeah, bro. Stop it. I mean, but th- that's the thing, man. Like, when you go to church, it's supposed to be uncomfortable because we're there to hear biblical truth and nothing else. We're there We're there to, to talk about Jesus. If you go to a sermon and you don't hear Jesus' name one time, why are they preaching? They shouldn't yeah. be because they, they, they need to talk about Jesus. Yeah. You need to talk about the Bible. Scripture is all we need. The Bible yeah. is sufficient. And that's why, that's why we have to have a law gospel distinction every Sunday, every sermon. The law should be preached. So you can be broken down and then the gospel should be preached so you can run to the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what the law is. You that's what the Ten to. Commandments are. Theo Cast talks about the, it. The, the Ten Commandments are put in to. place. You have to. You because have to, we yeah. cannot do them. Yeah. We yeah. cannot do it. Only one person that could, and that was Jesus. He's yeah, the only person right. who could do it without sin. The, the, the Ten Commandments, the law, it was put into place to show us that we are not good. And that we cannot do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So all we can do is give glory to God and believe in the gospel and live. Yeah, it, man. yeah, I mean the law the law says do and the gospel says done. Done. I love that, bro. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's very unbecoming of a follower of Jesus to harbor an unforgiving spirit. Amen. Um, it is actually fundamentally anti gospel. And it, it according to the words of Jesus and Paul would would deem you a non-believer you might be nominally confessing Jesus with your lip service right but your heart is far from him because you don't understand the depths of your own sin against that God you might celebrate grace but you don't fully understand grace because yep. you refuse to practice grace yeah uh, and, and, and and grace does not mean a stamp <coughs> of approval right it doesn't mean that 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 we approve of sin. Like God doesn't approve of my sin. He doesn't smile at it or wink he at it. He doesn't smile or wink. He doesn't laugh and scoff it off. He does it's real. It costs Jesus his life. That's right. Yep. Remember that. So sin is that real. And and when I when I view the cross in terms of my own sin and understand this ministry of reconciliation, it's it's okay to look at it in in, in ambiguous terms and say God was reconciling to himself the world through his son Jesus by not counting their trespasses against them. But when I make that personal and understand my own sin against God that cost Jesus his life, that gave me a place at the table, who am I to tell someone they don't belong because of their sin? A place at the table. Come on, dog. I love that, man. Come on, dog. A place at the table. I love that. Is there anything else you guys got? This one. I'm Man. grateful for the ministry of reconciliation. I am. I'm grateful that you know Amen in Christ that. I was reconciled mm. to God. Man, yeah. like yeah, and I, I don't. There's nothing. There's nothing that I have except for Christ. Yeah, that's you know, it. That's it. I'm, I'm really grateful. We just did a, an episode on the Holy Spirit, and um, Amen to that. We, you know, we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and one of the things that I'm really grateful for is 
the fact that the Holy Spirit is so gracious to remind me of grace, uh, to remind me of who I am, not just in, in ter- just in terms of a son, but a son who was an enemy of God That's right. and a child of wrath because of who I am as a sinner. Yeah. I don't get to play the relative righteous game and behave as if I'm somewhat better than someone else because of the sins that they commit, whether it be against me or someone else against God. I have to deal with my own sin and look at the cross in terms of my sin cost Jesus his life. And if God reconciled me to himself through the atoning work of his son Jesus on the cross where he became the propitiation for my sin— I don't get to harbor anger and ill will and an unforgiving spirit against someone who has sinned against me. That's right. I love that. Um, that is practicing the gospel. That is when Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. We should tremble at our sin. And we should weep over it. We should tremble at the fact that I'm such a sinner and God, for he's forgiven me. Yep. He ain't halfway forgiven me. He ain't kind of forgiven me. I am fully forgiven in Christ. Yeah. And that should that frees us up to walk with Jesus mm-hmm. and to pursue the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because of what Christ has afforded us, mm-hmm. we have this freedom. Yeah, we don't have to carry that weight anymore. Mm. We've been reconciled to God. And that's one thing that just continues to wreck me because yep. I, I carry so much guilt and shame I for do. so long in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only just sins committed against me, but sins that I committed, you know, in yep. wake Amen. of sins committed against me and all those different things. And if if I'm if I if I haven't been forgiven much, there's not much to celebrate. Yeah. <clears throat> Boy. But if I've Come been on, forgiven dog. much Right, much I have so much to celebrate, dog. I'm so convicted right now, bro. Um, Amen to that. I'm man. so and convicted then, right now, dog. And then I'm gonna forg- I'm gonna be empowered to forgive much. Yep. Um, and again, that just comes through the the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, um, where we where we are able to forgive much. That doesn't come naturally. That's not of the work of the flesh. No. Nope. That's the work of the spirit of God in us yeah. to forgive Amen. us. If we're going to if we're going to celebrate and believe forgiveness, we have to practice it. Um and wow, that is the wow, very wow, convicting wow, wow, challenging wow. part of of being a Christian where again, it has become virtuous in our culture to cut people off and to and to behave okay, well, okay, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. You're toxic. I'm not. I'm good. Right. Celebrate that is, it, bro. Yeah, that is anti-gospel. It's celebrated um, on social media, man. Cutting people off is celebrated. And Christians as do it. Yeah, we lead. We damn near lead the way. We lead the way. Excuse We're my language, spearheading y'all. this uh, with this mentality of just washing our hands and cutting people off and refusing to to believe what Jesus taught us about forgiveness and what Paul taught us about forgiveness and what the gospel demands about forgiveness. Um, Reconciliation will not happen without forgiveness. That's right. So it starts there. Yeah. Yep. For Close, sure, man. Closes out there. Yeah, that was a reconciliation and forgiveness is such a humbling and sobering topic. Um because it's so big in our everyday lives because we were forgiven and we are called to forgive. Um I want to leave you guys with this that you have been forgiven. So next time that something happens in your life, someone, you know, commits a transgression against you or you against them, <clears throat> remember to forgive because you have once been forgiven and you were continually forgiven every day. Wow. So remember to forgive and not forgive, not forgive and not forget. But to forgive and forget, to act like that transgression never happened and treat them in a way that Jesus would treat them. Yep, yep. That's right, man. Thank you guys so much for watching the episode, man, and and hanging out with us today. It was a crazy episode. A lot of tears, a lot of memories, a lot of uh, conviction, man. Just 
it, it was a great episode. The Holy Spirit was definitely here tonight, man, and and just just helping us through this. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys can check us out on all social media platforms and on all podcasting platforms like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and all that good stuff. Reach out to us, man, if you guys want to talk about something, any testimonies, any prayer requests, or anything like that, or if you just want to drop by and say, hey, what's up? Um, we're definitely open to talk to you guys. Thank you all again so much for just tuning in and listening and being a part of this family that we have at Barreled in Truth. We love you guys. We love Jesus. Y'all keep drinking bourbon, keep smoking your cigars, and keep reading your Bibles, man. We'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Peace. How's it going?